0: This is the WA Country Hour on ABC Radio WA. Good afternoon. Jessica Hayes is here today for a shortened version of the Country Hour during the tea break of the third test between Australia and South Africa at the SCG, where the Aussies are 3 for 394 midway through day two. So I'll be keeping you company for the next 20 minutes or so because we've got limited time, though. Let's get straight on into it. The state's main grain handler, the CBH Group, is edging ever closer to breaking its receival record, which was set last season. Ben McNamara is CBH's Chief Executive Officer. Ben, you're expecting to topple 2021's massive receival record at some point today.
1: Yeah, that's correct. So we've got 21.25 in at the moment. So we need 50,000 tonnes to go to break that all-time record and expect to do that early this afternoon.
0: Okay. Of course, harvest is still very much underway in some parts. Do you have a picture yet of how much grain is still yet to hit the bin this season? And what do you think the total can get to?
1: Yes, I think there's probably a couple of million tonnes more out there. Um, if we go through the zones, we've got uh, Geraldton at 4 million tonnes. Uh, that's beaten last year's all-time record of 3.9. The Quinana zone's just over 10 million tonnes. That's uh, exceeded last year's All-time record of 9.4, that's just a massive effort there. Albany's at 4 million tonnes, still a bit more grain to come in down there. Last year received 4.3, I think we'll go past that. And down in Esperance, we've received 3 million tonnes to date. Last year's all-time record was 3.7. And, yeah, I think there's a bit more grain coming through in the southern parts of the state. There's a lot of grain down there in bags as well.
0: Yep. December was a particularly busy month for you, two new logistical records set. You shipped over 2 million tonnes of grain and you moved over 1 million tonnes by rail. How does that stack up historically?
1: Yeah, so the previous record, uh, all-time record is 1.9 million tonnes set a few years back. Uh, So to do 2.2 million tonnes of shipping was an extraordinary effort by all of our frontline teams Um, and that was really well supported by rail performance and really backs up the months of October and November, which we also did uh, monthly records of 1.2 and 1.5 million tonnes respectively. So um, fantastic effort by our frontline teams and, and also our contractors there.
0: It's been a late harvest this year. What challenges has that posed for CBH in, I guess, managing this freight task?
1: Yeah, I think from a grower perspective, um, they would be seeing it as a reasonably frustrating harvest, particularly those in the southern part. As you say, it got off to a, to a relatively so start There's a fair amount of wet weather that we encountered through the journey. There's a lot of canola out there, which was also slow going as well. That actually presented an opportunity for the cooperative to get uh, more tonnes or more of that carryover from last year out. And that benefited us in the month of October, where I said we shipped 1.2 million. We also benefited significantly out of our rail performance. And what we've seen over the last six months is month-on-month records um, culminating in that 1 million tonnes of uh, of rail uh, during the month of December, which exceeds roughly 900,000 tonnes of previous records. So um, rail performance has been going really well. This is not by chance. It's uh, it's through the, uh, the hard work of our frontline teams and also our rail partner in Horizon. So we've bought on three additional uh, fleets. Um, we've seen an improvement in the maintenance performance with least additional rolling stock, including locomotives. And as growers are aware, we're also seeking to acquire more rolling stock as we move forward.
0: Now, 2021, obviously a record year in terms of receivables, as you've already pointed out, that's about to be toppled. That's imminent. Um, but that's two very big years in a row. How much carryover are you expecting uh, into this next year? Because already growers are starting to to plan their programs for the 2023 crop.
1: Yeah, so it's a remarkable effort by growers to go back to back with uh, this magnitude of crops. So 21.3 last year, as I said, we're going to be well in excess of that this year. Um, so going into this harvest, um, by the time really harvest got going, we had the carryover in the mid 2 million, so from, from last year's crop. Uh, this time next year, we expect that we'll have a, a much larger carryover position, larger than probably it's been historically. Um, but really, the carryover number will depend on our logistical performance, and we're setting ourselves up for success, as you've just heard. Uh, so we're working really hard to get that number as low as possible. But yes, it will be higher than what it's probably been historically.
0: Ben, thanks so much for coming on the program this afternoon.
1: Thanks very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Cooperative bulk handling group CEO Ben McNamara, so CBH on track to surpass last year's 21.3 million tonne receivable record later this afternoon. Uh, still plenty more grain to come in, though. Um, if you're out in the header today, how are you going? You can always send me a text. The number is 04892-604. 24 minutes to one on a short edition of the Country Hour today during the tea break, during the third test at the SCG. Now, pastoralists across the Kimberley are evacuating their properties as unprecedented flooding continues. Extropical cyclone Ellie has dropped huge volumes of rain across the central and west Kimberley over the past week. And while the Fitzroy River has started to recede in some parts, other areas are still rising. Camille Camp lives at Calgita Station in between Fitzroy Crossing and Derby and she had to leave the station yesterday as water approached the homestead.
2: We woke up Wednesday morning and the waters had risen a lot quicker than what we had thought, and we realised that we really weren't as prepared as we probably should have been. Through Wednesday, the waters, the speed that they were rising was just incredible. We did think our homestead would be fine. We're on a sand ridge, so we thought we would be fine, but we actually ended up flying to the neighbouring station by Chopper yesterday afternoon just because we weren't sure if it actually would be fine. It was only about 20 metres from our house and it was supposed to peak at Nookumbar Crossing. The Fitzroy River was supposed to peak last night, so we just didn't want to be, you know, faced with having to evacuate in the middle of the night. So we got out yesterday afternoon and when we left, yeah, like I said, the water was about 20 metres from our house and when I say water, I don't mean like it was lapping, I mean It was a raging river 20 metres from the front of our house. How far is your homestead from the river? We're only about 12 kilometres from the Fitzroy, where the homestead is. Wow. Um, The water's coming that whole 12 k's to your homestead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, when you see photos of it from a chopper, it's like an ocean, pretty much. There's nothing. So you were choppered out yesterday and you would have flown over that, that area. What does it look like? Um, yeah, you can't, you can't really see very much at all. Our two river frontage paddocks, I would say they're 75% underwater, maybe more. Fortunately, uh, my husband did a survey in a chopper yesterday of the cattle. And fortunately, it does seem like most of our cattle have made it to higher ground. There will be losses, but I think we're quite fortunate at the moment with our cattle. What about infrastructure? Have you had any anything else go under on the property? We've lost at least one tank. Our stables, arena and cattle yards have gone under. And like I said, we don't know what's going to happen with the homestead because the river hasn't peaked. It, it's still coming up. So, um, yeah, not sure what's going to happen there. But, yeah, we're hoping for the best. How are you feeling? It must be pretty tough not knowing what the situation might be in a couple of days' time? Um, yeah, I mean, yesterday was a, a really tough day. We had to wait a long time for the choppers to arrive and with the waters rising so quickly, you know, we didn't know if the cattle were all right. We didn't know if our horse plant was all right. So, yeah, not knowing and, yet, like, we're, we were stranded on an island. Like, there's nothing we can do to help. Yeah, it's it's pretty tough. When... Are you expecting to be able to get back home and, and assess the damage? Uh, my husband's just gone in a chopper now to see uh, what the homestead's like. So we'll we'll go from there. But I think probably we'll have to stay here at the neighbouring station for another day just because the waters haven't peaked yet. So there's no point going back until they actually
0: do peak. Kawiita Stations, Camille Camp speaking with Steph Sinclair. Evacuated out yesterday as flood waters came right up to her homestead. Awful stuff. And look, our thoughts are very much with everyone battling through those floods up there in the Kimberley. The WA Country Hour on ABC Radio WA. And to get a picture of exactly what's happening in weather, it's time to head to the Bureau now. Angeline Prasad is today's duty forecaster. Good afternoon to you, Angeline. Let's start in the north uh, again today. It looks like ex-tropical cyclone Ellie is still delivering those massive falls across the Kimberley. What is the situation and the outlook this afternoon? Good
3: afternoon, Jess. Yes, it is still a pretty much a slow-moving system near Broome and it has delivered massive amounts of rainfall in the last 24 hours through the Dampier Peninsula and across the Roebuck Plains. So the highest we saw was Broome at 162 millimetres and much of the Dampier Peninsula and the area to the uh, south-west through the Roebuck Plains got between 50 to 150 millimetres of rainfall. Now, the system is expected to start moving towards the east-southeast from this evening so that will start to help ease those Uh, very heavy rainfall totals uh, through the southwest. We've also seen some very windy conditions across the Dampier Peninsula with gale-force winds over land. And as the system starts to translate to the east from this evening, we should see those severe weather conditions start to ease. Now, as the system moves to the east, we're still expecting... Uh, rain across the Broome area and across much of the Dampier Peninsula tonight, but they should be slowly on the easing trend. The rain is likely to continue tomorrow, but it does start to ease off from later tomorrow. So, we do see some clearance from Saturday onwards uh, across that western, southwestern Kimberley. Now, the system is expected to move across the southern Kimberley uh, tonight into tomorrow and move into the north interior and finally exit the WA region on Saturday. So, once the system moves off to the east, we'll see uh, some clearance in the weather. So, I return to more diurnal activities, so more showers and thunderstorms during the afternoon and evening. It's not going to completely dry off um, next week. And across the south, uh, we are looking at hot to very hot and windy conditions again today. The West Coast trough is offshore, um, but those are very windy and very hot conditions are driving up the fire dangers. The trough is going to move east across the west coast tomorrow so we will see a significant wind change come through. There is a cold front, a weak cold front associated with it that's going to move across the southwest so a few showers are there. The risk of getting a thunderstorm at this stage is pretty low, generally less than 5% but can't completely rule out so there might be that risk of a dry lightning across the southwest but once the change moves through we will see cooler temperatures move through so generally temperatures will drop about Two to six degrees by Saturday. The weekend is looking pretty benign in the south over the weekend.
0: Okay, and we've talked about the Kimberley, we've talked about the southwest land division, but what's happening across the rest of the the northeast and interior today, and what's the outlook?
3: So the northeast interior is not going to see a lot of rainfall today it's really from tonight when we start to see those heavier falls start to develop so the severe weather warning that it has been issued is uh, covers the far northeast Pilbara and the northern parts of northwest parts of the north interior so we'll start to see those heavier falls develop um, most likely from tonight across the north east uh, of the interior as the system moves. Uh, Inland, now once it's over the North Interior, we do expect the system to start weakening. So we're not going to see the same sort of rainfall that we have seen across uh, parts of the Kimberley over the last week or so. But suddenly, um, you know, it's something to keep an eye out for. It it is a fairly deep tropical low low-pressure system that's going to traverse the north interior tomorrow and into Saturday. And at this stage, we're thinking that heavy falls are still likely, so there could be some flash flooding. Um, there is a flood warning out, uh, sorry, a flood watch out uh, for for the Sandy Desert, uh, so keep an eye out for any, any updates to these warnings. There's also a flood warning for the West Kimberley, um, but we do expect... Um, that uh, the flooding impacts should start to ease off once that rain eases. And obviously, there's still a major flood warning that is continuing for the Fitzroy. It has peaked um, and it is on the way down. Now, tonight and into tomorrow, the southern parts of the Fitzroy catchment will see uh, renewed rainfall. Um, and at this stage, we're still thinking that there would be heavy falls through that area. Um, but the the north of the Fitzroy catchment shouldn't get as much rainfall as it has.
0: And so lots of warnings in the north. Um, what other warnings are in place this afternoon that we need to be aware of, Angeline?
3: Um, so that covers the the warnings in the north. Um, there is a gale warning out for the West Kimberley coast and a strong warning for the North Kimberley and the Pilbara coasts. Now, in the south, uh, with those very hot and windy conditions. We have got a fire weather warning out uh, for uh, the coastal central west and the lower west inland. Extreme fire danger is expected through these areas. And also um, these uh, wind warning uh, for the Lewin, Albany and Esperance coasts.
0: Angeline, thanks so much for that update. Thank you. Bye-bye. ABC Radio, fire ban information. Now, due to the risk of fire, uh, a total fire ban, has been issued today for a number of local government districts all day, including across the Midwest Gascoyne region, the Outer Perth Metro region, uh, the Goldfields Midlands region and the South West as well. During a total fire ban, you must not light fires for cooking or camping, carry out hot work like grinding or welding, or go off-road driving using a four-wheel drive or a quad bike, except for agricultural purposes. And to find the full list of which local government areas within those regions that I just mentioned uh, are under a total fire, Ban, you can find the details on the ABC uh, on the emergency WA website. That's emergency.wa.gov.au. And the following shires have been issued a total harvest, a uh, harvest and vehicle movement ban, rather uh, the shires of Cable, Morawa, Greater Geraldton, Bridgetown Greenbushes, and boy up brook and for full details including zones and the lifting of harvest bands just contact your local government so just repeating there are total fire bans in place for tomorrow for uh, in place today rather for the midwest Gascoyne, the outer perth metro goldfields midlands and southwest uh, tomorrow as well so head to the emergency wa uh, website for information and in some really good news the fire warning for one dowie has just been downgraded to an advice level. So there's no further updates past this point. And that fire in Donnybrook Bailing Up is still going. And we will bring you an update at quarter past one in the southwest. And time to take a look at the rainfall to nine o'clock this morning for the last 24 hours. Um, We'll start in the Kimberley, but because there's been so much rainfall, I'll just cover the totals uh, at 40 mils or above Anna Plains received 122 mils, uh, Broome Airport 162, Country Downs 92, Curtin Aero 77, 57 for Signet Bay, 67 for Dampier Downs Airstrip, Debesa 49 mils there and Derby Aero 79, while Lombardina Aero has received 40 mils overnight and a huge 149 mils at Portsmouth. Uh, no significant falls recorded across the Pilbara, Gascoyne, Interior, Goldfields, Eucla, all the islands, and no significant falls across the entire southwest today. And there was a cattle sale underway at Mount Barker today. It is a double sale. So weaners today and a trade sale tomorrow, and uh, Tracy Kilner will bring you all the details from both sales on tomorrow's program um, taking you back now to the, uh, the SCG, where Australia is three uh, for, let me check the score, three for 394 against South Africa in day two of the third test. Thank you so much for tuning into the Country Hour this afternoon. It's been great to have you along. There has been a small rain delay at the cricket, but I'll take you back to the commentators now. It's 11 minutes to one o'clock.